So I don't know if you've ever noticed, uh, there's a lot of old rock and roll bands that are doing farewell tours. Have you noticed that? Um, in fact, this year alone, uh, there's a bunch of bands that are touring the United States and, and the world doing farewell tours. Just, just this year alone, Aerosmith, Candlebox, Dead and Company, The Eagles, Elton John, Foreigner, George Clinton, and The Grateful Dead. They're all doing farewell. Some, most of these people are dead already, but they're doing farewell tours. It's crazy. Um, I don't, some of you are like, what are you talking about? If it's not the Gaithers, I don't want to hear about it. And uh, they do farewell tours too. I should put them on there. They just keep, keep going. And, uh, but it's interesting. <laughs> I was, I've probably shared this story before. Maybe with some of you. But I always I love the story. One time I went to the Yamhill County Fair. That's big. It's big. Yamhill County Fair. And I sat through the demolition derby. <laughs> that was big. That was high class. That was good. And then right after it, they had a band playing Quiet Riot. Now, I know some of you probably shouldn't know who that is, but some of you do. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember them from the 80s. There's this, this band, and they had kind of one hit wonder. Kind of, but here's these guys, Quiet Riot, going to do a big concert afterwards. So I was making my way, like you do at the fair, to the corndog stand, right? I mean, like, like every American will do. And as I was walking there, here comes a couple of guys from Quiet Riot, just kind of right up next to me. And they look like about 10 miles of bad road. I mean... <laughs> They'd been touring a long time, looked pretty bad. So I thought, hey, you know, I'm not a big fan of theirs, but wouldn't it be cool, you know, because every moment deserves a selfie, right? So I just said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I could do, hey, just hanging out with Quiet Riot. So I walked to the guy and said, hey, you mind a little selfie? And go, hey, 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 no, 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 no. We're just on a break right now. We, we're not going to do that. We just want to get our corn dog and leave. And I was like, wow, big time. Dude, do you know that you're at Yamhill County Fair? <laughs> do you know you're playing after the demo derby? And do you know you're eating a corn dog just like me, right? It was the craziest thing. But you're saying, where are you going? But let me just tell you, what we're going to see today in the life of Elijah is that he's on a farewell tour. <laughs> Elijah, God has promised him that he's going to take him to heaven. And he is preparing his friend, his assistant, Elisha, for this to happen. So we're in 2 Kings chapter 2. And just to catch you up, we have been in the series, Great Lives from God's Word. And we have been talking about some of the great characters within the Old Testament, New Testament. We've gone through Moses and, and David. We've gone through Esther. We've seen these great men and women that uh, are, there's such depth to who they are, and we're learning more about them. And the last couple of weeks, we've been talking with and talking about Elijah. And last week, we talked about how Elijah, you know, he's an Old Testament prophet. He's a central figure to this day in Judaism. He is still a central figure. Jewish tradition uh, believed and said that Elijah was the one that's going to come and prepare the way for the Messiah. Most Jewish families that are still practicing Jews, they're still looking for that Messiah to come. And uh, Elijah was this powerful prophet in the Old Testament. In fact, in Sabbath ceremonies... Uh, Jewish families will leave an empty chair in, in, in uh, kind of as a symbol that they're waiting for Elijah to come. And when there's a baby bo boy born to a Jewish family, they're looking out for Elijah because this could be the chosen one. It's very interesting. But what we see in and throughout Second Kings, first and second Kings is Elijah is a powerful man of God. He is a prophet. You'll know that God used prophets in those days, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would prophesy and they would make corrections for people. 
Elijah was respected, he was feared, he was hated, especially by the evil kings, and he works incredible miracles and signs. And it's, it's Elijah, Elijah's the guy, we don't have time to go over every part of his life, but you might remember from Sunday school, for those of you who attended, um, that he's the one that challenged those prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And uh, he, uh, he the, Jezebel, the queen of Israel, probably one of the most evil queens to ever live, she had 800 prophets, these basically satanic priests, and uh, Elijah's the one that had the showdown with them. And he prays, fire comes down, takes up his sacrifice, the 800 prophets are killed, and he's on the run. And he runs and ends up in a cave, and God speaks to him in a gentle whisper, and one of the messages that God gives him there is that he tells him it's time to select a successor. It's time for the next great prophet to come. And he want, he, God wants him to find him, to develop and train him before he'd be taken to heaven. So Elijah finds Elisha as his replacement, just as God instructed. How many have ever gotten Elijah and Elisha mixed up? It's easy to do. It's easy to do. Elijah came first, and Elisha was his protege, was the one that followed him. Here's where we hear that, that 1 Kings 19, 19, it says, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, not that he's fat, but it's Shaphat, and he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Now this act of throwing the cloak around him was a sign of two things, number one, It was that I want you to be my apprentice. But it was also a sign of adoption. Basically, I want to adopt you. I want you to become my son. I want to take you in as my own. And uh, so what we see is that Elijah becomes a father figure to Elisha and teaching him the ways of being a prophet. Obviously, God was doing something in the life of Elisha already for that sign to mean so much to him, for him quickly to respond And we see in verse 20, it says, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And he said, then I'll come with you. And Elijah says, go back. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back and he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. And he burned the plow equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people. He had a going away potluck and they all ate basically. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So this is where we start this handoff. Now, several years have passed because sometimes when you read the accounts in the Bible, you kind of go from one story to another. But what we see is that Elisha spends several years with Elijah and he's spending time just learning from him and seeing him work and and seeing God move powerfully through his life. And at some point, God makes it known to Elijah that he's going to take him up into heaven in a whirlwind. Uh, And the time for transition has arrived. The Bible doesn't really tell us when he learns this, but it comes out as many people know that this is going to happen. It's kind of common knowledge. And people seem to know. So he prepares for this. He prepares for his going away. He prepares that he's going to be taken up and he wants to hand off the work to his protege. So, 2 Kings, all that to get to 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6, it says this, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, 
Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And a company of prophets at Bethel came to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elijah replied. So be quiet. Then verse 4, it says, Elijah then said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. And a company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. And then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. So why is he traveling this route? You see, if he's going to end up at the Jordan from where he started at, he, it could have been a straight line, but he makes this tour. <laughs> it's a farewell tour. And he, he's, he goes from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho. What's interesting is each one of these places, there were schools of prophets. There were schools where prophets were trained. Most likely, they were established by Samuel. And Elijah, no doubt, had been an important figure in those schools of prophets as he had served in that area. Each one of these places were important to him, and Elijah was a central figure to them. So that's why in every stop, you get this group of prophets come up because they're going to these schools. And Elisha is not wanting to interrupt these moments. He's got these special last moments with his protege. So these guys keep coming up to him and say, hey, hey, you know, he's going to leave you. He's going to leave you. And he's just like, hey, be quiet. I don't want to deal with that right now. I want to focus my time and attention. And I'm not going to leave his side for anything. He's spending every moment. And it's interesting. As they walk along, something powerful happens. And it really shows us three things today. And I want to bring this out as within the context of this story. First of all, I really believe this, that God wants us to remember God wants us to remember. Now, we don't live in the past. At least we shouldn't live in the past. But we forget so much because we don't stop long enough to remember the goodness of God, to go back and remember what God has done. I think we need to remember. We need to look back more at what God has done in our lives and the places that God has been very close to us. Those moments where we felt God just connect with our heart, our mind. For some of you, that might have been a camp experience. Maybe it was a women's retreat or a men's retreat or an experience at the altar where you just felt God so close to you. Two of my uh, older, oldest grandkids got to go to camp for the first time this year for like youth camp. And uh, they had pictures came back from those there and, and they had uh, our Sandy and I's granddaughter. Uh, she's about uh, 12 and she's worshiping. That just kills you. Just like, oh. And... Uh, our grandson was there, and so when she comes home, like any good mom, she like grills her, right? What'd you learn? What happened? You know, what happened? Did you go to the altar? Oh, yeah, I went to the altar. And she said, what, what, did, what did you feel? It's was like, man, I just, I, man, it was just, I need to leave. We got to leave our old ways. That was the message. Just leave your old ways. I just, I just really need to leave my old ways. And she looked and she goes, but I don't know my, my, what my old ways are. <laughs> You know, it's hard, it's hard to leave a life of crime at 12, but there's still, <laughs> what did she experience? She experienced the touch of God, the closeness of God. 
Do you remember those times? I don't know if you remember uh, just back in January where we started this 21 days. We started this year with 21 days of fasting and prayer. And you remember we encouraged you to make a list of your prayers and just what you're asking God to, to do this year. And some of us, we finished the 21 days and we kind of put it on the back burner. And, but I want to do something different this year. And I don't do this every year and I'm not trying to put myself up as a great example here, but I decided, you know what, I'm not losing this list. Every day, I'm going to go back to this list. And as I thought about it, I went, you know what, I also want to add a list to this of the things that I remember God doing for me from the earliest time I could remember, from uh, my earliest memory. So I, I go back and I just said, you know, every day, I'm not only going to ask God for these things, but before that, I'm going to go back and I'm going to thank God for everything I can possibly remember as a kid. Growing up as an adult, in good times, in bad times. And it's been an incredible exercise for me. It's been such a good thing just to see what God has done because I forget so many things. Now here's what I heard and we really need to grab a hold of this today. Sometimes to take advantage of the present and prepare for the future, you have to review the past. Let me say that again. Sometimes to take advantage of the present and prepare for the future, you have to review the past. And I can imagine Elijah and Elisha, as they're going along, they're going over all that they had seen and experienced together. And Elisha is getting more and more excited about what God has done and what God did through Elijah and he's going to do. But he refuses to leave Elijah's side and he wants to experience it all. Let me just ask you, what, what have you forgotten <laughs> that God has done for you, that could give you the faith to face the situation you're in right now. Remember, hindsight, you've heard this, hindsight is 2020, but it could also be a great picture of God's faithfulness. How do I know that? Well, my perspective gets really messed up. Let me just speak for me. It does. And in the crush of everything that's in front of me, I'm just, that's all I can see. And sometimes I'm henny-penny and the sky's falling and it's not going to work and everything's rotten and everything's bad. And then if I stop for a moment and I say, wait a minute, God settled me down and says, wasn't I there with you then? Yeah, you were. Wasn't I were there with you there? Oh, yeah. Did you expect that blessing before it came? Uh, no. Okay. And all of a sudden I realize, you know what? God's got this. God's got this. We need to remember. We need to take time to remember. And the story goes on. Second Kings 2, verse 7, it says, 50 men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. So they're right at the river. Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. That's, that's a major prophet. That's a prophet miracle right there. And they crossed Elijah and Elisha. Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha said. You have asked a very difficult thing, said Elijah, but yet if you see when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. And as they were walking along, talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. 
Elisha saw this and he cried out, my father, my father. Remember, he'd been adopted by him. My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. He took hold of his garment and he tore it in two. Elijah is one of only two people we read out in the Bible that did not die a death, but went straight to heaven. Remember Enoch, remember Elijah. They just do not pass go, do not collect $200. They got a straight, just zip, beam me up, Scotty. However you want to say it, it happened, right? This had to be an amazing moment. I mean, that's the understatement of the year, right? Talk about an amazing moment for Elijah, what he's always been waiting for. And how about the amazing moment for Elisha to witness this? But Elisha, he had stayed with Elijah. And how many can imagine? He's like, I'm so glad I didn't miss this. I'm so glad I didn't stay back at Gilgal. I'm so glad I didn't stay back at Jericho. I'm so glad I was here. Elijah could have... Just quit when he was down. Remember, he was hiding in a cave from a queen. He didn't want to go on. He thought he was the only guy, good guy left. He told God, I'm the only one that loves you in this whole country. <laughs> you ever feel that way? <laughs> but he stayed true to God and to what God had asked him to do. You might need to remind, be reminded of this truth, but we see it throughout the Bible and it's so true today. Remember this. God rewards service. God rewards service. We see it in Elijah's life. We're gonna see it in Elisha's life. God keeps the books. No matter how you may feel, and sometimes we can feel overworked or overlooked or underappreciated, but can I tell you today, God sees you. God sees you, and he rewards service. Elijah served when it was uncomfortable, when he was hated, when, he was, when it was unpopular. I mean, 800 to one, that's some bad odds. That's being pretty unpopular. At times he was running off those prophets and fire was falling, it was a high, and then he was running for his life and it was a low, and the brook ran dry and he was thirsty, but he just kept going. And Elisha was willing to follow God's call, which he learned and pulled him out of his comfort zone. Elisha's comfort zone was driving the oxen. He was a farmer. And when Elijah came and threw the cloak over, said, all right, this is going to be okay and you can have an average life, but how about we step out in the service of God and see something crazy? I know that's my interpretation of this. Elisha served Elijah for years and was with him to the end. But you need to know that today, that God rewards service. He keeps the books. Let's read on in 2 Kings 2, 13. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And he asked, and when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And the company of prophets from Jericho were watching, and they said, the spirit of Elijah is now resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. The last thing, not that we could probably pull from this, because we could pull so much, but the last thing I want to talk to you about today is that 
We see here that God honors faith. God honors faith. Just a couple days ago in the Life Journal reading, we were in Hebrews, finished Hebrews this morning. We all have maybe heard, if you've been around church, Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I love how the message translates the same passage. I don't know if you've heard it before. Hebrews 11, one to two out of the message translation says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. I love that right there. It's our, faith is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors. It set them above the crowd. Elijah and Elisha were like this. If I can see it in my hand, or if it's standing right in front of me, I don't need any faith for it, do I? Faith is believing before seeing. Jesus said, you're blessed when you believe before you see. Faith is trusting before you get the job promotion. Faith is being patient and letting God handle it when the money hasn't come in yet. Faith is saying, God, I can't, but I trust you that you can. And let me just tell you, every morning you roll out of bed doesn't mean your faith is gonna be on a high 10. Sometimes I need to pray this prayer. God, help me have some faith here. God, help me have faith for this because in myself, I don't have it. In, in my own mind, I'm, I, I'm not believing it, but God, Give me the faith to believe. Give me the handle on what I can't see. I love that. It says what the ancients were commended for. He was talking about all God's people that's gone before us. They had to live by faith, just like us. Remember a couple weeks ago, it was James, in the book of James, it says Elijah was a person, he was a human being just like us. Because you know what? He had to live by faith, and so do we. But it says it was what they were commended for. Some of them never saw what they had faith for until they got to heaven. But that's what God honored. What are we talking about? God honors our faith. God honored the faith of Elijah, and God honored the faith of Elisha. Elisha had choices along the way, Elijah kept saying, Elisha, you can just stay here. Let me go on. He was like, nope, I'm going with you. He didn't know what was going to happen next. He didn't know where he was going to end up. But he understood that he was the one that was going to be able to tell the story when this was over. And what story did he want to tell? You know, something phenomenal happened to Elijah. We don't know, but I stayed back at Gilgal, and I'll never know. He didn't tell that story. You get to tell the story of the choices that you make. I I got this from a great book one time. It says, before you make a decision, stop and ask yourself, what story do I want to tell about this? Think about that for a minute. You get to tell the story of the choices you make. And when Elisha was later able to tell the story of the final days of Elijah, he could say, I stayed faithful and I didn't let that guy out of my sight. I stayed right with him to the end. 
Somewhere along the line, that was a story he wanted to tell. He didn't want to tell the story that, well, I gave up. I got tired of following him. The question is, what kind of story do you want to tell? You should ask yourself. Well, I was close. <laughs> I remember this time that I was really close, but I gave up. <laughs> Who wants to tell that story, right? I remember one time, you know, I should have been faithful, but I wasn't. You're not going to tell that story. You're going to keep that one inside. Hello? But how much easier is it? How much greater is it when we're on this side of that decision to say, you know what? I want to be able to say, that. I'm not talking about braggadocious, but I want to be able to tell the story that I stayed true because God honors faith. I've used this illustration. I need to climb another mountain because it's getting way old. And I know those of you who've been a while, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You climb Mount St. Helens, whoopie ding, right? <laughs> But I did. Have I told you? I climbed <laughs> Mount St. Helens, right? And, and uh, 200, 200 yards from the top, I was done. My legs were jelly, and they weren't jealous. They were just, je- I mean, it was just done. I, could, uh, I was just like, it ain't going to happen. And then I thought, I'm going to have to make it down this mountain. I don't know how, maybe on a stretcher. And I'm going to have to stand, and I'll never have an illustration that I can use 150 times for my people to say that I made it to the top. I'm going to have to say, I made it that close and couldn't make it. But people kept coming down the other side going, you got to see what's up here. You got to see what's up here. I was able to say, and now say, I did, it was hard, but I made it to the top. Now, all my stories don't end that way. They end with me quitting a lot of times. I don't like to tell those. Some of my stories end with me being impatient and cashing out or cashing in way too soon. But if I'd have stayed the course, it would have been so much better. I love the focus of Elisha. Every stop. And it wasn't like He just was able to say at one time, every place they went, all the prophets coming up, hey, 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 have you heard? He's like, yes, 150 times. Now be quiet. I don't know if he was saying be quiet because he didn't want to hear it again. I don't know if he was saying be quiet because he just wanted to let Elijah focus on the moment. But he's like, I'm not going to miss this moment. And Elisha, he had a big ask at the end, he asked big. He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And they had just been on that farewell tour. They'd just been remembering as they, they went through. You know, they come from Gilgal to Bethel and to Jericho, and they're remembering all these things and all the miracles. And I can imagine them talking about the boy that was raised back to life and the, the oil that never ran out and the flour that never ran out. They're talking about all these things. And Elisha says, you know what? I want that story times two. He saw in Elijah's life that God honors faith. You know, we're in this room today. You're sitting in this room today because somebody else was faithful. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Yes, there was faithful people that started this church years and years ago. They gave to it. They kept it going when it didn't look like it was going to make it. It was a faith 
of someone else giving and spending their nights and weekends, even building this building, that we can sit here today. And I would say, if you're following Jesus today, it was the faithfulness of someone that shared Jesus with you. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was one of those retreats. Someone was faithful for you to be where you're at today. Elijah was faithful to do what God asked him to do. Remember, back in that cave when he felt all alone, God said, it's time I want you to go find a friend. I've got the perfect one for you. I want you to go train your replacement. I want you to show him, and I want you to go. And Elijah had been alone. Maybe he didn't want to share his ministry. But guess what? He was faithful to Elisha. The prophet who would do twice the miracles that he did as a result. I don't know if you see this. Is there something that you can't see right now? Is there a situation that feels impossible? I think, again, we take lessons. We draw from the life of these characters, these great men and women. I love Elisha's response to taking Elijah being taken away. He just picked up Elisha's cloak. He went to the Jordan. He struck the water, and he said, how is it now? And it spread, and off he went. Faith is believing if God can do it then, God can do it now. If God can use that person's life, then God can use my life. If that person can make it through hard times, then I can make it through hard times. And we hear the stories of how God did miracles in the past. I don't know if you have a praying grandma. We used to have this thing. I know I need to. And uh, I'm on overtime. We had this thing called testimonies. Remember those? They were good. Where people would stand up and say what God had done for them in the past. And something would happen when you begin to hear these testimonies. When I was a kid, we grew up in, in Sunday night services. Senior. I don't know. She was old. I don't know how old, but she was old. You can just tell. Her name was May Schreit. Back row knows who this is. That woman testified every Sunday night of my life about God healing her gallbladder in 1932. I am not kidding. I am not kidding. She would stand up and we just all go, gallbladder. <laughs> May Shrite had faith. What she was saying, God did that for me then? He's got me now. He's got me now. Maybe, maybe it's a time for you to take a farewell tour. And I'm not talking about going to the Yamhill County Fair. Not like an old wash-up man. But take a tour through the memories of your family. Maybe you need to go back to your, your grandpa who loved Jesus and served Jesus and just think about the stories that he had. Maybe you need to go back to your parents where you saw them being faithful. Maybe you don't have that story. Maybe your parents didn't follow Christ, but you had someone else that stepped into your life and was an example of godliness. Think about those people who faithfully invested in you and prayed for you and lifted you up. It's good to remember. It's good to remember. Not live in the past, but to remember because we see that God will honor service and God honors faith. Let's be able to tell 
the story. Here's how it went for me. I believed. I stayed faithful. I stayed true. I stayed the course. I made some mistakes, but I never gave up. That's a great story. That's what Elijah was able to say. That's what Elisha was able to say, and we gain from these lives. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for these men and women that sold out to you when it wasn't easy and when the odds were so much greater and the the consequences were so much more dire than anything I'll probably ever face, but God, they stayed true. And I learned from that and I see, thank you, God, that you keep the books and you are the same then as you are today. God, thank you for the faithfulness of those that created this space that we now worship in. Thank you for the faithfulness of those that maybe shared with us. God, help us to remember and help us to let that be a pattern for our life that we have that story to tell. Maybe you're in the room today and, and first of all, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus and I'm telling you, the greatest story you can ever tell, no matter what happens in your life, is to be able to tell this story. I was lost, but then I was found by Jesus. That's the greatest story. You know what? At one point, I got the date, I got the time, I gave my heart over to Jesus. I gave the reins, the steering wheel. I asked Jesus to become my leader and my friend. Doesn't mean all my problems went away. In fact, it made some more problems for me, but I was never alone, and Jesus was with me, and he helped me through every mistake, through every failure, through every victory, through everything. Jesus is gonna be there. You might just wanna say that prayer. Jesus, be my leader, be my friend. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've never said that prayer. Maybe you've said it 100 times. Say it again. Jesus never gets tired of hearing this. Jesus, lead me. Jesus, guide me. Forgive me. Maybe in the room today, you followed Jesus for a long time and you feel, I'm saying you feel forgotten and overlooked. And today, God's word to you is, I've seen your service. I've seen your faithfulness. And I'm going to bless you. You need to hear that today. Maybe you're in the room and I can't cover every possibility because the Holy Spirit's preaching a better message in your mind and heart than I could ever preach or, or call to your attention. But maybe you felt like quitting and you feel like giving up. And maybe just through this word you're hearing, man, don't. I don't want to have to tell that story that way. I want to tell a different story. God, help me be faithful. God, help me to keep going. Jesus, whatever the response today, I pray that we'd have the courage to make those prayers. We'd have the courage to be able to say, I trust you. I trust you then. I trust you now. And I'm going to trust you in the future. Thank you for giving us handles on what we can't see. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today? And uh, thank you so much for being with us. Went a little bit over time, but uh, appreciate that. And there's a prayer wall right here on the left-hand side of the room. If anything's kind of stirred up in your heart or if there's any way that we can pray with you, there are people that love Jesus and would love to pray with you. Maybe you might uh, feel led to pray for someone else, man. Please do that. I mean, that's one of the greatest things we can do for one another is pray for one another. So I just want to give you that opportunity. But until I see you again, I pray that God would bless you and keep you I pray that God would turn his face 
toward you, shine his countenance on your life and give you peace. God bless you. Amen. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.